This is episode one of four on how Salesforce architects or companies or IT teams can do a Salesforce assessment to check and assess their overall Salesforce org health. And this episode one is going to focus on the first pillar, I will call it, which is the technical assessment. And to, and to quickly recap what we're trying to do here is we're, we're trying to have and get to a place where we have a Salesforce org health strategy. So we're trying to ensure that the Salesforce platform is a platform that supports the business and is flexible and has adaptability, it's efficient, it has minimal costs, so we're trying to avoid technical debt and re reduce IT costs. And it's a place where we're trying to get to this, this, this oasis, this Shangri-La, where the business is happy with the platform, the, the users are happy, it's working, it's stable. The requirements and the projects that we're working on are able to get implemented in an in a agile fashion, in a quick fashion. And we're not constantly worrying about or having headaches around the issues, the bugs, the defects, and constantly having to revisit those alongside or in par parallel to developing projects that are going to actually provide value to the business, help companies uh, release new products and services. So the, the, the overall framework that we're trying to approach this with is trying to get us to that. So, so back to the first pillar, which is a technical assessment. This is the module and the area of focus that a Salesforce architect looks under the hood of Salesforce and uses some of the standard tools that Salesforce provides and incorporates other avenues of input or areas of input ranging from other Salesforce experts, Salesforce best patterns and practices, um, interaction with the business, some of their input and feedback. And a couple quick easy things to start with are the Salesforce health check and optimizer reports, which are embedded in the Salesforce platform. So going to set up, searching for optimizer or health check will take you to those spots, run those, get a report, and that's really the starting point for looking at the org health and, and giving clues and input insights into where to start looking throughout the system. So the health check is where it's giving a readout of your security and gives a, a, a percentage, a score, on how your or the Salesforce platform is from a security standpoint. So um, anything from 90% and above is excellent, 80 to 89% is very good, etc. And it also gives you specific details on what to look for, what's enabled, what's disabled, invalid login attempts, um, all the all the login configurations, cl uh, clickjack protection, visual visual port force page security settings, and it not only gives you a report of of things that could be improved, but also the setting or or what should be changed too. So that that's an easy one. That the health the, the the health check is is a quick and easy one. The optimizer report is also a great report. Gives a nice PDF, clickable through a click-through PDF, clickable links, etc. And it goes through um, essentially how the company has implemented Salesforce and, it, and its features. So all the way from data and storage to objects, 
custom fields, processes, workflows, users, profiles, security, and how those things can impact scalability, stability, performance, and, and risk to the environment. So for instance, how much space you're using, what's your limit, how much do you have left, um, how, many, how many workflows have you been using, and all the different um, features of the system, how many users haven't logged in in a long time and you're just wasting user licenses and Salesforce licenses, which add up over time. And it gives you all those details, um, typically in a, in a mid or large organization. That, that report could be quite lengthy, actually. It's, it gets fairly involved and detailed. So there's a lot of, lot of information in there. And it's a great starting point to begin the assessment and just begin looking at the system and, and finding areas that to really hone in and pin, uh, pinpoint on to, to do more research and, and analysis and investigation. Um, and and it's, it's, it's a great tool. So again, some of the things you can, that, that are easy to look at are profiles of permission sets. Um, those essentially are how users are set up, how the organization set up, what they have access to um, from a data perspective. And a lot of times when, when companies start out building Salesforce, um, implementing Salesforce, they, they, the admin or whoever just starts building profiles and again the Salesforce system starts off small, starts off easy, you got three, five, seven users and there's no long-term thought and there shouldn't be at that time really, right, uh, on where is the Salesforce system going, who's going to use it three, five, seven years down the road and a lot of it's just we have a sales team, let's name this team's profile sales team and let's add the three sales team users to it. And then uh, admin sets up their admin accounts and then all of a sudden you have a support team and you and the admin figures, let's just create a support profile and add the two users that are working support to that profile. Let's give them access to everything. Typically everyone just gives access to everything to everybody and all profiles have access and as we all know, as the saying goes, right, with Salesforce, security works by locking everything down and opening everything up as needed. You can't open up everything and access to everything and then try to lock things down. Um, it goes actually the other way. So that's always a great place to, to focus on and, and analyze um, object implementations, the standard objects um, and custom objects. So how many, how many custom fields and fields are on each object Obviously, anything over 500 is just way too much. It's just not a good, good, strong, solid implementation. Having just the account object with 1,100 fields on it makes zero sense. There might be some rare cases where someone or a company might have that many fields, but 99.9% .9 of the time, if you have objects that have over 500 fields, you're, you're, it's, just, it's just not done right, flat out. Um, Looking at the different record types, um, validation rules, workflow rules. Again, rules, as you add more rules, add more workflows, um, those things add time. So it takes time to analyze a record on save, and even though it starts off fairly quick and you don't notice it, as you add more and more rules, more filters, more things processing on each save or open of a record, um, those things over time can impact performance when they're all aggregated to together and nothing's cleaned up over time or removed. And that's where a lot of companies start seeing performance issues. Um, it is just 
things keep getting added, nothing gets taken out. It's like adding water over time. 16 ounce cup, you add an ounce here, two ounces here, all of a sudden after uh, five years or five fills of, of, of water, it's, it's overflowing. So that's, that's the principle there. Um, user and profile security, looking at org-wide defaults. Um, again, typically every, everyone opens up things right away. Um, everything's public, everything's, everything's uh, wide open, and then they try to lock it down later and they're scratching their heads confused as to why everyone still has access to everything. So looking at those org-wide defaults and how security's set up at the record level, the object level, um, the role hierarchy are also just easy things to start looking at. Um, and that also goes into data security. Is there any encryption? Is Salesforce Shield used? Um, does this company have PII? So if they're process processing credit cards, if there's any financial or personal info on there, um, obviously medical records for the healthcare industry, financial industry with financial um, information, and then um, retail usually has credit card numbers, et cetera. So um, checking if PII is enforced and enabled in the system or you know, if someone pulls up a record, is the social security number or a credit card is just shown right there? Is their personal information shown? Um, is their event monitoring implemented? Are there audit trails implemented for um, audit logs and, and looking over time to see what happened a year ago, two years ago? So that's all around the data and data security aspect of, of the technical assessment. Um, and the, the final portion of the the technical assessment is something that I will definitely have a, a debate with people on and um, I wouldn't say argue in a, in, a, in a confrontational mean way, but I would definitely love to uh, love having healthy debates on this aspect of it aspect of it because it gets into the custom coding apex and really what I would classify as software development side of it and to be able to do Salesforce assessments and be a Salesforce architect working on or looking at complex systems that have custom coding integrations are fairly large or mid uh, midsize and complex and have a lot of custom coding, it's virtually impossible to perform assessments or provide direction on a, on a fairly complicated Salesforce implementation without understanding software development or having a background in software development. So things like um, uh, refactoring of code and Apex classes, how they're structured, API versions, data op obfuscation, um, SOQL and DML operations, um, and all of these things, uh, bulkifying test methods, reusable methods, overloads, um, triggers, batch jobs, how to structure batch jobs. All of this stuff requires having significant software development background and is hard to pick up or, or even recommend or analyze or even talk through if you don't have that experience. So for companies or teams, IT managers that, that are looking for um, someone to perform a Salesforce assessment, if you know that you have custom soft uh, custom code involved, um, batch jobs, um, uh, web service integrations, REST uh, integrations, um, anything that's custom coding and not really the core Salesforce platform itself, you definitely want to check if they have a background in software development or understand, understand software development. 
because um, otherwise it, it's not going to get to the right level or detail to to give you the value that you need to actually uh, assess your system and, and make the improvements and get the recommendations that you're looking for. So again, this last aspect of it for, for the uh, Salesforce architects out, out there that are that are doing an assessment and, and from a, the, the, the part one or the first pillar, which is a technical assessment, the last portion of it, which is a significant portion of it, 30, 40%, is around looking at the custom coding, the custom development, um, and looking how it's structured and, and providing, again, this is fairly generic because each implementation is different, but doing your analysis on, on that side of it or pulling in a developer or someone that understands uh, custom development and coding in Apex and integrating Apex and getting those areas analyzed. Again, is it structured correctly? Is there reusable code? Are they covering their test class coverage? Um, are they bulkifying data? Um, and, and are there performance issues going back and forth? A lot of companies process data back and forth. Um, sometimes it takes eight hours overnight. Should it really be taking eight hours or should it be taking 20 minutes? Um, and, 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 and having those things analyzed. Again, if, if the architect doesn't have it, then someone needs to be pulled in that knows how to do it. Um, and again, I, I know that that sometimes becomes a, um, uh, uh, an area where people might not agree fully. Um, and a lot of, there are a lot of Salesforce architects out there that don't have uh, software development background or understand software development, which is fine for those cases where it's not needed in those environments. But for the complex and complicated ones that do, you, you have to have that background knowledge to be a successful architect when it comes down to driving and leading those implementations, doing assessments and finding those, and specifically finding those performance enhancements and improvements that can be made. You have to be able to dig into that level again or have someone on your team that you can lean on and rely on to do that. So that's really the final section. And, and, and again, depending on what, what you find, it might produce different details in the assessment report. Um, but again, for the, for, the, for the first pillar, the first part of the assessment, the technical assessment, those are all the areas to cover, things to look at, things you can use, and really the sections to break out and, and for, for your assessment report to provide to um, whoever is requesting it or for yourself. Um, so the next part will be part two, which is the uh, data strategy, and it talks about um, everything data. So there, it, it we touched on it a little bit uh, on this technical assessment uh, a little bit because there's some differences on data strategy and what's really the technical side of it. Um, so we'll cover that on uh, part two, which will be the next uh, podcast. So again, if you uh, feel this is good, if you're liking what you hear, if it's providing value, please follow or, or subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're using and check you later.